If God wanted us to have a president, then he would have come down and anointed one himself. Amen. And when we look to the Bible, it is clear that we should honor our leadership and that God wants our leaders to be Republican, gun-loving, and to oppose immigration. If God was our president, then there would be no illegal immigrants in this land. Hallelujah. This is the Bible After Hours. Can you hear me? Is, is this thing on? Okay, good. I am the Foulmouth Preacher, and this is the Underground Church. The word vulgar originally just meant to speak the language of the people. That's what Jesus did. That's what the apostles did. And that's what we're going to do here today. The church above wants us to believe that God opposes any leadership that doesn't agree with them. They teach that God likes what he, they like, but also that human leadership doesn't matter somehow. Uh, I don't know how it's supposed to be both, but it is somehow. They want to push only the agenda that benefits them with no regard to who might help the country best prosper. Only who helps them best prosper. Um, you see a lot of the church above, they believe that only a Christian should lead and that no biblical back, that there's no biblical backing for a need of functioning government at all somehow. The Bible only supports a small government that only supports their values. Uh, again, this isn't all of the church, but a lot of the church feels this way in America today. And not only is it a problem, not only is it paradoxical, you can't have a Bible that says government doesn't matter, but also a Bible that says the government you want is great. It can't be both of those things. It's sickening. It's evil. And I believe the Bible is going to show us today how it's even worse than the people of Sodom. It's fucked up. Here we go. Growing up, I was taught to only obey leadership because my life here is only temporary. You know, I was taught to that I should obey my life is temporary and that God put leaders here for a reason, sovereignty, yada, yada, omnipotence, bunch of bullshit. A lot of that bullshit I believe, but the way they tell it is just bullshit because they want you to do what they want you to do. Um, you know, I was also taught that God clearly had a favorite political party in America. Um, I held on to those beliefs for a long time myself. Um, I really believed that God hated all the things Republicans hated. You know, I really believed all those things and I, I didn't really challenge it. I thought that's just what the Bible said. It's been here for thousands of years, and we were continuing that tradition, even though I would never use the word tradition because tradition is bad. Yeah, again, all paradoxical. doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but yeah, I didn't challenge these beliefs until later in life uh, when I began to meet immigrants from other countries. Um, I met poorer people in my community. I met some war veterans. I met other people who were prejudiced against for their religion, their gender, their race, their sexual orientation, um, how they identify their gender. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's sad. It's bullshit. It's, I can't read the Bible that I read and see a God that wants us to prejudice, a God who wants hate and harm to come to so many, even those outside of his own people. We're going to read about today, like God never meant for this bullshit. After meeting so many individuals in my own life who were negatively impacted by the church, our Republican dogma in the United States, it became impossible for me to believe that God was Republican, or that God didn't care deeply about our politics. So now, I believe about the opposite. I used to believe Republican God who didn't care about religion or didn't care about politics. Now I believe God who definitely isn't Republican, isn't Democrat, and cares very deeply about what we do with our politics. So too many people I know have suffered because of bad politics, right? From certain people deciding when or when not life or someone has control over their body should happen. When or when not someone gets to decide their gender, their belief systems, like who's allowed in the country. And they put up 
like stuff that makes sense, like, oh, hey, everybody should pay taxes, yeah, but then they put up a bunch of red tapes only the people they want even get to pay taxes to be. Like, it's just so much bullshit that people don't even know about. Too many people suffered. It's a bad politics. Too many people suffered because God's people think that God only cares about a certain set of agendas. That God's people only think that God wants things that benefit them. They don't see a God who prefers the other. They don't see the God of the Bible. And it's fucking sad. Guys, politics are hard. I know that. That's why so many people gravitate to messages that say we don't need to engage. You know, that uh, only the cross, preach the cross. That's all. So many messages say that these things are only temporary. So just obey your leadership and move on. Because that's easy, right? So many messages say less government is always the way to go. But, you know, it's Republican dogma. It's church dogma now. Sometimes it's true. I'm not going to get into specific political theories or anything like that. But when we have hungry people, the ability to feed them, and we're not fucking doing something about it, the church needs to step up. It needs to have a say in the politics. Not in a way that they're trying to control, but in a way that they see the needs of the country and want to meet it. It's impossible to, to face people who deal with these issues and think of all the powerful, and this all-powerful good God not caring about politics. How can there be an all-powerful, all-good God who sees the people starving in our country, see the immigrants getting kicked out and mistreated daily in our country, who sees all of the, the sexism, the homophobia, the racism, and doesn't want anything done in our political system? That's not a God I can serve. That's not a God of the Bible. It's just, it's fucking, it's just not God. That is not God. God is love. God is not all this bullshit. <sighs> Throughout the church's history, we have been prejudiced against, right? The church has been prejudiced. We've also flourished during different times. We've ran governments. We've completely lost our way. We've been martyred. We've been over-engaged and cost people their lives. And we've been under-engaged and also cost people their lives. The church has done it all. There's a deep tradition in history that we can learn from throughout the church and throughout the Bible. Um, throughout the Bible, God appoints prophets. He appoints kings and judges to rule over and change up the political status of his people. God uses other kingdoms to punish Israel for their bullshit. And he uses his people to enact a just polity over the land when they obey. I don't know why God still wouldn't want that. In the biblical stories, God is extremely engaged with politics. You see him appointing kings himself. You see him taking out countries. God cared deeply about the geopolitical system in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. That's also in the New Testament. It's just not as much the focus. The Old Testament is to show us why we need a savior. And bad politics is one of those reasons. Part of why Jesus died was because we were running bullshit. We were causing people harm and we couldn't figure out a political system. And Jesus didn't die for your personal salvation. He died for the community of his people. So that when you are saved, you are part of that community, which includes your political ideology. Salvation includes a political ideology where you care about the other more than you care about yourself. At the beginning of the series in Judges, we showed how God was using the judges to show the importance of politics in Israel. At the end of this story, the point gets emphasized in a, in a really terrible, tragic way. After the story of Samson that we talked about last time, where it's shown that the weakness of men, in comparison even to the good woman judge of Deborah, you know, we, we see that comparison. We see that Samson, even though he had all this physical strength, was a weak, pathetic little bitch. And now we're seeing Israel weak, turning away. And the Bible four different times says that in those days, Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. That repetition in this kind of literary genre is meant to emphasize the point. The point of the story of Judges, everyone was able to do what they thought was right because there was no king. The point of Judges is that God's people should seek out God's polity, as in we should care about the politics of our land 
because God cares about it. God either wanted a king or a prophet or some kind of leader to keep Israel from this kind of wickedness fucked up, this anarchy that we see at the end of this story. I, it's hard to even repeat the stories that happen here. It's also the kind of bullshit we're gonna talk about today is also why people claiming the, Sod the story of Sodom to be about homosexuality is just fucking stupid. It has to be a story about hospitality. Not only does the Bible in other places say the story of Sodom, for those who don't know, there's a story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and what happens in this man Lot is God's only, you know, good person in the whole city. God's going to come see if he can spare the city. He sends two angels down. The angels come to Lot, he takes them in. The people of the city want to rape the angels. So instead, Lot offers up his daughters. They say, no, we want the angels. They refuse to take the whatever. The angels come out, smite the people. The whole city ends up getting burned. And people take that story to say, see, they didn't want the women, they wanted the men. Thus, it's all about homosexuality. Later, the Bible even says Sodom, whose sin was hospitality, that they weren't hospitable to these strangers, the angels in the town, that they were just completely wicked. And the story we're going to talk about in Judges today mirrors the story of Sodom and points out even deeper what that sin really is and why it can't be homosexuality. Now, that's not to say the Bible didn't say anything about homosexuality, that gay is wrong or anything like that. The Bible does say some of those things, and I challenge it. I don't agree with it, but we can talk about that another time when that's actually what the Bible is saying. It's not what the Bible is saying. Hospitality is the driving force of God's polity. If I were to repeat the point of this podcast four times, it would be hospitality is the driving force of God's polity. Not this other bullshit they keep pushing, but hospitality. That is what God wants. People who care about the other first. So I told you about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's get into the let's get into Judges here. So after after Sodom, after Sodom, after um Samson, we, we see at the end of that story says there was no king. People did what they wanted. The next story, it gets worse, right? We have the Danites who haven't quite found their land in the place of Israel. That's one of the tribes of Israel haven't quite found their land. They're looking for a place. Micah, who I think was supposed to be one of the judges, actually built his own god of silver, hired a Levite to be his priest because there was a Levite who was just wandering away, trying to find a place where he could get wealthy and live a happy life, you know, living the good American dream kind of deal. Levite comes across Michael, guy goes, oh, fuck, you're a Levite. I mean, you can be my priest, hires him to be the priest of his God. The Danites end up coming to them. The Levite prophesies that they'll win over whatever land they need. They go, they completely destroy an innocent city full of innocent people. They burn it to the ground. And on their way, they come back and they take Micah's God and the Levite priest, leaving Micah with nothing. That's just step one. At the end of that story, again, it said, they had no king. People did what they wanted. But it gets worse. The story I wanted to focus on today, um, I believe it was a Benjamite who, who actually was, he found a concubine, not even a wife. And the concubine's dad, so his father-in-law now, sort of kept getting him to stay night, kept getting him to stay night. And he kept staying at night. He enjoyed the presence and they had a good time. They built up their family, whatever. On his way back, he didn't want to stop at a city that wasn't in Israel city. So he waited till they were in a city of Israel. And then they waited for people to take him in. They're waiting for hospitality. Nobody would take him in. No one would take him in. No one would take him in. Eventually, a man, old man from Ephraim comes in, lets them come in his house, prepares them dinner. They have a nice meal. They have a great time. And of course, what happens is the people from this city of Israel come banging on the door, demanding to have their way with these women. Um, with the stranger, they wanted to persecute this guy who's going through. Um, you actually, you get a lot of Stuff that's not okay by today's standards. This story has a certain context that's also fucked up, right? 
So the, the man of the house offers his own virgin daughter and the woman who's traveling, but says, don't do anything evil to the man who's traveling through, because at that point, women weren't valued as they should have been. Even though, as we see in the Bible, we see through the, people, the book of Israel and God's people, they're putting much higher value on women than these surrounding countries, still nowhere near equal. So that's a tragedy in of itself, but not the point of the story. The point of the story was they were trying to get to the man that was passing through. They were offered the women, and they actually took it, and the Bible even says they raped them all night. The Bible uses that word rape, says relentlessly, all night. Next morning, the woman's dead. So the man who was traveling through takes her back home and divides up her body into 12 different parts, carving her up, sends those parts to the different tribes of Israel, saying, what are we going to do about this? This was fucked up. He was right, it was fucked up. What he did was also fucked up. Everything about this story is fucked up in such a deeply fucked way. I can't possibly express it. It's hard to read. It's painful. It's worse than a Saw movie to me. I am, God, it's fucked up. This is God's people. One of God's people traveling through his own land stops, and the own people of God, the own brothers and sisters of Israel did this. The story is exactly like the story of Sodom, but with a key difference that they didn't refuse the woman. They killed her. They abused her and still wanted the man. These stories of Sodom, the story here is not a story about homosexuality, it's a story of people being fucked up. People not only refusing to care for a stranger, but abusing them. This story was put here to be to show that this is even more fucked up than Sodom. This was shown intentionally that Israel became worse than Sodom. And why? They had no king. They did what they wanted. God's people who don't care about polity are worse than Sodom. Are we worse than Sodom? Do we Claim a God that doesn't care about our politics. Do we claim a God who doesn't get involved with the shit that's going on in our own country with our own people? Claim a God that doesn't care about hospitality to the immigrants. The people of God who claim that God, who, who think that's okay, are worse than Sodom. This is fucked, and it's meant to be fucked up. We're supposed to read this and feel disgust, feel hatred, to feel hurt. This should touch your heart in a grotesque, should touch your heart. This should tear you apart to think that this is what God's people are capable of. Make us look at the church today. Make us look in a mirror. What am I guilty of? Have I not been engaged in my politics? Am I the reason this kind of thing is happening in my country? Because I think that my God doesn't care how deeply I'm involved in politics or not. Guys, I know that's triggering. I know it's manipulative. This is what the Bible's telling us. God's people can be worse than Sodom because politics matter, even to God, God's people especially to God's people. We should never allow this kind of bullshit to happen. And stuff similar is happening in our country. We just turn a blind eye. We're going to see that the answer isn't to tear someone's body apart and make everybody feel guilty and send it to 12 different tribes, but that was also fucked up. In fact, the story gets worse. We're going to end Judges next episode. Then I'm going to talk about the, the story of Isaiah as he, Samuel, as Samuel is the last judge and one of the prophets. But he'll be the last judge of Israel before Israel starts having keys. And we're actually going to see a little bit of conflict. Did God want kings? The answer is unclear about that. But what is clear is that God wants his people to have polity that doesn't allow for this kind of bullshit. So we are going to get into the story of Samuel and whether or not king was a good choice or not. But what we do see, the point of judges, four times over, in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did what they saw fit. They raped, they cut someone's body apart next to 12 different tribes. They were fucked up. How engaged are we with our politics now? What do my views how do they affect what I vote on, what I believe? How does that affect the other in my country and around the world? Am I contributing to a polity of hospitality? Are we, God's people, contributing to a political system 
that's hospitable to our neighbors, our communities, our churches, our nation? Is it hospitable to the immigrant? Is it hospitable to the other? If not, how can we do better? We gotta step up. We can't let this bullshit go. We have to allow people to be passing through our country to feel loved and cared for, not scared. Immigrants in our country today are scared. Women in our country today are scared. People of other races, of different beliefs, different sexual orientations, they live in fear because of a lot of the politics happening, or not all, but a lot of the politics happening in the United States right now. This isn't just a United States issue, but worldwide. We have to reflect, how are we involved? What are we allowing to happen? It's causing people to live in fear, rather than feeling like they're living in a place filled with God's hospitality. And Disney's twice upon a Christmas. A couple characters mentioned Christian charity. Is that what the church is known for now? Or is it known for being Republican? Is it known for hating the immigrants? Is it known for hating the LGBTQ community? Or is it known for being hospitable? And what part do you play in how the church is viewed as hospitable or as hateful? I mean, it's a hard pull to swallow. It's a hard thing to think about. I know this is a shorter episode, but it's, I can't send in this too long. You know, it's hard to talk about this story of just literally the Bible says relentless rape. But as we make these changes, as the people of God decide to care about polity, to try to develop a, play, a polity of hospitality in our communities, our churches, our nation, well, we're going to see change. We'll see people loved instead of people living in fear. We'll see crime reduced. The world can begin to heal. And our churches will actually look like the body of Christ. But first, we have to start by acknowledging God is a God who cares about our politics, which means we have to be people who care about the polity of the land around us. Guys, I know this was hard. I don't want you to share this somewhere that you think people might be shocked or hurt or anything like that by that, or, or people will hear my language and be like, oh, it's not great. You know, I don't want you to start any shit. But I do want you to share this with someone that you think might benefit, who won't be offended, but rather will be challenged and will think about this and that you can have deeper conversations with. Share this episode with someone who will think deeper and talk to you about these issues. Share it with one friend, one family, someone might benefit and have conversations with you about how we can do we have better polity it's contributing to hospitality and not to fear guys let's bring back the church to the common people thank you for listening this was an anazao ministries podcast if you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network go to the website in the description below if you'd like to check out other shows like this be sure to subscribe to the network